0: So, on to giving. Thanks, Tim, for going over those announcements. All right, so we're gonna talk about giving uh, today, and it's gonna be a little different than what I originally intended, which was um, more just looking at like practical, specific things on what giving looks like and how you should do it and all that stuff. God basically threw that out the window. So, I don't know who this is for, other than myself, but uh, he changed a message over the last week. Um, So, giving, uh, to start out the introduction here, giving is one of those topics that can be very aggravating for people. If it's not presented in the right way, or if your heart is not in the right place to receive it specifically. So, in, in fact, for the lost, it can be such a strong point of contention That people completely throw out church and the thought of ever receiving Christ as their savior along with it. So it's a hard topic and, and it's a lot it's one that a lot of pastors and churches like in a lot of cases don't even want to preach on it because they're afraid how people are going to respond. Um so <clears throat> that's how it is for the lost, but for the saved, it can be an area that impacts our intimacy with God due to unfruitful unfaithfulness but can also be a sweet picture of surrender and closeness to God which builds our faith and gives us an opportunity to really truly see him work in our life so in the end it's in the end though it's really not about money okay so we're going to talk about giving today but it's not just completely about money okay but how we ourselves view our christian life and it it really boils down to a matter of the heart It's something we need to ask ourselves, where is our heart with giving? And we need to be open to hear what God has for us through his word today. Uh, We aren't going to go through a bunch of details about giving, but we're going to look at a picture of how we should live our lives to help us understand where we are. Ultimately, our response is between us or as individuals um, us and God, on an individual basis. So that blank's individual. It's not about a law of committing to give a certain percent of our time, talents, or treasures. It's it's different for every person. And, and really, we can only know for right by exercising ourselves to listen to what the Holy Spirit convicts us of and then responding faithfully. So I'll... Uh, open up in prayer here. Uh, Father, just thank you for your word. Um, I thank you for our our winter retreat we just had because it it really just it it helps understand giving and where we're at, where we should be at, um, what should help us make our our decisions around giving, not only our money but our time, talents, and treasures uh, all together. I just pray Lord that you speak to us, that you make the message clear Um, that I could explain it clearly, and that um, what you would have for us today would be heard, and so that we can respond to it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Okay, so first off, I want to start out establishing the fact that we are living under grace. Okay, we're under grace. If you could turn to Galatians 5.18. There's a couple other verses there, but 5.18 we'll hit first. So that says... Galatians 5.18 says, But if ye be led of the Spirit... Ye are not under the law. So if you've been saved by Jesus Christ, you're not under the law anymore. You're under grace. And so that's why giving, there's no rule. You know, we have some, some guidelines. People say 10%. The Old Testament, it talks about 10%. When, when I was a Christian uh, early on, Still still am a Christian <laughs> I haven't given it up yet, you know <laughs> never will, but uh early on when i was when I just got saved and when she and I were first married, uh, you know giving was hard for me. I came from a, a background of where my family never gave to the church and and so and i I can be stingy. <laughs> And, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a saver, not a spender like we talked about. And so um, it was hard for me to think, why am I gonna just give my money away and not get anything out of it? And so it was hard for me to even wrap my brain around this concept of giving 10%. Um, but the thing is, is once you arrive at 10%, it's, you haven't arrived because it's not about a law. It's not about, it's not as simple as just this is how much you should give, this is who you should give to, and this is how you should give it, and and you're good. Okay, that's not the case. It's it's we're under grace. And that's where you, you think about this weekend and being vulnerable God, with God and, and having an intimate relationship with God. That's what's going to tell you what your giving should look like. It's that, it's that constant communication with, with Christ, it's praying, it's being in the Word every day, it's, it's talking with Him, praying, looking, having the, the kingdom in mind, not just yourself, being, walking around with your head up, looking around for opportunities to be a witness to people, okay? Because when you talk about giving, there's actually scripture that says, giving is the least, of what you do with regards to money. There's more weighty things than giving money. And and those things are judgment and right judgment and sharing the gospel with people and and not only just giving money, because honestly, that's, that's easy compared to giving your time and your talents to people. It's a lot harder to commit to, to we see it every day, and I've been in the, the same boat. It's hard to commit to ministries because it it can impact our life or we can't we can't be there for everything or or it's hard to to commit to um, just calling people you know and and reaching out to people it's hard to commit to that stuff because <clears throat> because it impacts our it impacts our personal life and so if we're in the word daily and we're 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 praying to God, and we're looking for those opportunities. All of a sudden, giving has a whole nother context because then then your prayer can be at each day can be, what will you want me to give today? How do you want me to give? Okay, because if if we live a life of giving, it's going to we're going to better we're gonna we're gonna paint a better picture of Christ to others. So we need to. That's where we need to start out. We need to we need to want to have a relationship with him. We want to be intimate with him. We want to pray, and and we want him to establish what we're going to give each day because we don't own any of it. And frankly, when we die, it's all gone. Everything that we have was given to us by God. Our strength, our health, our family that we were born into, our country that we were born into. We didn't choose. Any of that. God gave all of that to us. Okay? And without that, we're not going to get money, and then we won't have anything to 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 any money to give. But ultimately, he's still we're stewards of his his goods. And so it should be, God, what do you want me to do with what you've given me today? And <clears throat> um, if you turn to Matthew or Mark twelve forty one, now it's cold. just one verse i mean there's lots of verses about giving your time talents and treasures and being stewards and things like that but uh mark 12 41 through 44 is just a good picture reminder what we're talking about here Okay, and Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance but she, of her want, did cast into all. Did cast in all that she had, even all her living. And so Christ just gives it, points out the fact that this lady was willing to set was willing to surrender all the money that she had. And there's people that are the Pharisees specifically that are coming in and they're giving of their abundance. So if you make a million dollars and you give a hundred thousand dollars. Is that a sacrifice for you? It might be. I mean, it might be, but it's, I'm hard pressed to think that it really would be versus somebody that's making $10,000 and they give $1,000. So when you start talking about percentages and things, it just doesn't make sense. It's, it's about your heart. This lady, out of, but she of her want did cast into all, the, all that she had. So she wanted and she gave all that she had. Okay, we want. We should want a relationship with Christ. We should want intimacy with Him. We should want the blessings of other people's lives being saved, and, and the impact that that money giving and and our time giving can have. And that's why we give. Okay. So um, <clears throat> I'm going to try to tie all this in together with another picture that I think is good to just help us understand where our 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 giving and our heart of giving should should be at. And it's this scripture in Matthew 5.13 that you're probably all familiar with, which is being the salt of the earth. So you can turn to that. 513, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. So, uh, again, Christ gives a picture of the fact that us as a Christian— we're the salt of the earth. And if we have lost our savor, then what's the point of the salt? It's just dirt and it's, it's trodden under. And <clears throat> I've got a little video here we're gonna watch that it, it gives a short overview of salt and what it looks like. Because I don't know if any of y'all have studied salt out or have looked at it much I have. I actually work at a salt plant, so <laughs> it's, it's interesting that this kind of came up. Um, but it's, it's one of those, I think it's one of those hidden pictures of, of the Bible. I mean, there's so much depth there that we don't even understand. And I'll, I'll touch on it briefly here, but there's obviously more in it. So uh, we'll get this.
1: There have been times in human history when salt, equal in value to gold, for good reason. Salt, such an obvious, almost mundane element, ends up being absolutely essential to the functioning of the human body. Our muscles don't work without salt, our nerves can't transmit electricity, ultimately our heart will stop without salt as our blood pressure drops to zero. It's vital for human life. Historically, humans had to have salt, and we got it from the animals we ate when we were hunters. But when we started using large agricultural systems to give us plants, we no longer had salt automatically in our diet. Its value dramatically began to increase. Salt, historically, was an absolutely crucial commodity. It was the first major commodity that was exchanged among um, civilizations. The first records that we have of trade are in fact moving salt from one place where they had a lot of it to places where they didn't have any of it. Salt was not easy to find. You either excavate it or do sort of an evaporation method by the sea. So, unless you lived
0: by the sea or uh, near a saltwater area where you could kind of figure
1: that out and make use of it out of luck. And if you don't have any salt, you need to exchange something for it, and typically what you could exchange was gold if you had that. Exchanging gold, pound for pound, with salt. You know, in a pre-refrigeration world, it determined everything. Before refrigeration, meat went bad quickly. Uh, It could only be preserved through very limited number of processes. Most likely it would be the cure in salt. I can't send uh, an army across the water or great distances without provisions. And their provisions are going to go bad if they are not salted. Access to salt was like uh, access to gunpowder it determined whether you were powerful enough. No salt, no life. Very simple. That's the importance of salt in
0: uh, humankind. <laughs> Gotta love YouTube. <clears throat> All right. So the key phrase there, there's lots of them, but the key phrase was at the end. It's no salt, no life. couple key points that it talked about in there. Uh, talked about just being almost being an, a mundane element, kind of like humans in, in general. Uh, can't your body can't function without salt? It doesn't work. Eventually, you'll die if you don't have salt. It's vital for human life. Can't send you can't send an army out without salt. Need to take it to places that don't have it. Okay, so you got to find some way to get it there, and again, no salt, no life. So there's there's a picture of salt, in even just in, in our giving, but also who we are as Christians. Um, you talk about salt, and that picture of of. You can't. You need to take it from one place to another that doesn't have it. I mean, you're talking about sending out missionaries. Um, what are you doing with your money? What are you spending your money on is it are you is it like salt are you being like salt with with the way you're giving in your money um and so <clears throat> that's part of it and then again we're going to look kind of at the context here in matthew to understand a little better picture of of what christ is saying here so um what i thought was interesting is in 13 it says "Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. The start of this is Christ's Sermon on the Mount, and he actually talks about this right after reading the Beatitudes. Okay, so I think it gives a picture of what being salt of the earth looks like. So we'll read through those, uh, starting in, <clears throat> I guess we'll start in verse 1. It says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And he, when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for their, they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And so when you when you talk about your life and what your giving looks like, it, you know, you can ask these these questions that he brings o- goes over on his Beatitudes. Are you poor in spirit? I mean, that's a picture of money in, in your life. Are you poor in spirit? Do you live like you're like you're poor from a monetary standpoint, okay? To where you can give people, you can give people money, and and you you don't you don't. Um, if you're poor, you're not going to go spend money and time doing things that that are just for entertainment. I guess is is some of the point there. But you can apply more to that. Do you mourn for others? In your life, do you mourn for others? Are you meek? Do you hunger and thirst after righteousness? Do you desire to be honoring to God? Do you desire to have that relationship with him to, to where you want to give your time? You want to go out and help people because you're mourning for them because you know they are not going to spend an eternity in heaven. Right now, they're lost. Do you hunger for and thirst after that righteousness? which is given to you by God because that relationship are you merciful to people are you merciful to people in the way you give in the way you give your time are you pure in heart are you a peacemaker all those things I think are aspects of being salt in the world and Christ Christ reads through all those and then he says, ye are the salt of the earth. And it's a reminder for us there. And, and actually, it, it's, it's even better than at, he, he follows that up with the, the scripture that says in 14, ye are the light of the world. So not only are we the salt of the earth, we're the light of the world. And a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. If you're saved, you're set on a hill. You can't be hid. doesn't matter if you're living a godly life or not. If somebody knows you're a Christian, you're on the hill and people look at it. I had a, I had a uh, conversation with a guy that's retiring the other day and um, I was going through a very challenging period of work. Lots of changes, lots of stuff going on. And I had a guy, I had the guy tell me, he said, you know, I was watching you. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're freaking me out now. But he said, I was watching you. I was waiting to see what you were going to do in that situation. I thought, you're going to crack. And he said, I was surprised, but you didn't. <laughs> and he reminded me of the situation. I said, oh, man, I'm surprised I didn't, too. That wasn't by my—he's he's also a believer, so we had a good conversation after that. But you don't know who's watching, I guess. And you're on a hill. And when you, when you talk about being salt of the earth— or a city set on a hill being a light. And in 16, it says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Does your giving attitude, does your life depict that? Are you a light shining to the world? Because if you are, then you're gonna glorify God and and when you know there's there's scripture that talks about Pharisees you know praying out in public and and throwing their money in you know in show of how great they are and this verse that they may see your good works it's not about that Christ is not telling people to go do good works so other people can see you give money Tell people that you're given money so that they can see you and they can glorify God. That's not the case. You just do what your father tells you to do because you're intimately close with him. You have a relationship with him. You talk to him every day and you know what he wants you to do because the Holy Spirit speaks to us. I mean, I know I get it all the time. It, sometimes it's disheartening because I know I'm unfaithful. Example of that, uh, I went to Walmart the other day. And of course, bad situation happens or waste of time. I I bought a a pack of paper. I got my bill, it was like 80 bucks. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Well, here I grabbed a pack of paper that was a 10 pack and they're like five bucks a piece. So I'm like, okay, I gotta go return this. So I go over to to return it and uh, which there's like a line of like six people and there's this lady in front of me. And she she's real nice, gives my kids candy canes, which is the last thing I want them to have when I'm waiting in line. But, <laughs> but I'm like, oh yeah, thank you so much, that's so nice. <laughs> Cause they were excited for him. And uh, we had a little conversation. I thought to myself, I need to give this lady a gospel track. I got Violet in the cart, I got Owen next to me. I'm like, man, I need to give this lady a gospel, car- gospel track. And things kind of shifted and I didn't do it. So I go through my process, I come back, here's the lady sitting on a seat. And she's like, hey, you know, mind if I give you a gospel track? And I'm like, oh man, I can't believe you just did that. I'm like, evidently God wanted us to talk because the Holy Spirit told me I needed to give you a gospel track and I didn't do it. And she was like, oh, are you serious? And when we had this conversation, she went to C- goes to CBT and I just said we were at Camp Choff on Sunday. She's like, "Oh, are you serious?" And I said, "Yeah, well, you know, it was a s- singles retreat." And she goes, "You had a singles? You have a singles group over there?" And I went, "Yes." <laughs> She's like, "Oh, my son, he needs to find a good singles group." I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" I'm like, "Well, you know, I'm a leader in that group and so that would be awesome. I mean, she's like, well, we'll come visit your church. Let me have your phone number and I'll, I'll introduce you to him. And so I'm like, how odd is that? But, <clears throat> but I wasn't faithful. Thank God she was faithful just because who knows what God's going to th- do through that. Maybe they'll come, maybe they won't. But it was, it was a faith builder, I guess, for me to, to listen to God and be intimate with him so that I, I don't miss an opportunity like that. And so, um, so yeah, so that's it's where you wanna you wanna have that intimate relationship with him, and so you want to you want to live that life. You want to be the light on the hill, so close to him, so that when you see those little opportunities, even her just to give my kids a candy cane, I mean, like that's simple, but it was a blessing to my kids, and it opened up a door for us to to, to talk. So you just even little things, it's it's uh can be big in the end so that's another example of just being the salt of the earth light of the world we want to do that it's not for personal gratification or glorification it's to glorify our father in heaven um and so also i'd like you to turn to first corinthians 13. this was another section of scripture that really just stood out to me when you when you talk about Matthew 5.13, where it talks about the salt being dirt and being cast out. So 1 Corinthians 13. We'll read 1 through 3. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. So, you talk about charity charity needs to be a part of whatever we give it needs to be a part of everything we give and if we don't have charity it's worthless there's no point in giving it you could if if you're just to the point of a lost person giving money a, a ton of money to build schools Okay, I mean, that's great. What would be better is if it has some eternal impact, okay? And so if you're, if, if you're giving is, I got that definition on there, in a theological sense, which comes straight from um, Webster's, in a theological sense, it includes a supreme love to God and a universal good war, goodwill towards men. So if you have charity, your mindset and your thought is God okay? Glorifying God, leading people to Christ, giving to further the kingdom, that's charity. When you're truly, truly concerned about the person and their salvation and their life and having that intimate relationship with God on a day-to-day basis is going to help with that. By nature, I don't want to be that way I want to worry about myself and my family and stuff like that it's sad but that's what it is and so I I can't do that stuff by myself and we can't do it all by ourselves it needs to be through Christ through him him setting us on the hill okay which which he already has if you've received him and so um, that having no worth Um, Being nothing, profiting nothing, it's the same as if you're salt and you've lost your savor, your dirt, okay? So it goes along the same lines. So this commodity that we talked about, it's essential for life. Uh, It can also be a great picture of what our heart and life should look like with, with giving, whether it's our time, talents, or treasures. If our life and giving doesn't paint a picture of being the salt of the earth, we need to look at our heart and see why that is. So what's your purpose for giving? Why do you give to the church? Is it just to out of a duty or because that's just what I do? It shouldn't be that way. I mean, you should be concerned about your money, where you're giving, who, it's give, who you're giving it to, and how much you're giving. And just be open and willing to have, allow God to do a work in you. And it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be a burden. If it's a burden, then pray about it. Ask God to help you with that. Because God doesn't, it's not being a light on the hill like, like it should be some burden for you. You know what I mean? It should be, that's, that's part of being saved and, and the freedom and the peace that Christ gives us. Is that it should be evident in our lives. And, and, and if giving is a burden... Then that would be part of the heart thing that you got to deal with, because I mean, even just giving in certain circumstances, you know, every time, every time uh, Tom or whoever brings up opportunities to give for our missionaries, you need to consider that. Doesn't mean you have to. Just talk to God about it. Is it something that I should give? is this, is this something I should give to? You know, mission trips, every missions trip that's that comes up, you should think, I'm gonna go, or I need to consider going. And God, do I should I go to this? Okay? And let him tell you no, or give you peace that you're not gonna go. Okay? <clears throat> but that's only gonna happen through cu- talking with him and having an intimate, that intimate relationship with him. So so where's your heart with giving? Do you, does, does your life, the way you, the, you interact with people on a day-to-day basis, does it paint that picture of being salt of the world? Or have you lost your savor? Okay, there could be areas in life where you've lost your savor. And you, you need to work through that stuff. I mean, and, and so that's where I'm, I'm saying it's not about, it's not about, rules and laws and how much. It's just about that relationship. And what does he want you to do? So I'll read our verse in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And the will of God is that people get saved. And that he's glorified. And really that you grow in holiness. And so we need to be that, we we need to be willing to be a sacrifice. And then in uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 10, it, you know, it talks about being a cheerful giver. I'll read that. Uh, You don't have to go there. So 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 10 says, But this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. It's out of a purpose in our heart that God gives us. That's how we should give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. He will take care of us. If you give, he will take care of you. God is not going to, if you're giving, if he convicts you to give to somebody or something, and you give, he will take care of you. Okay, he promises that in his word. He'll give us what we need. And so, as it is written in 9, as it is written, He hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. I read that verse because it's just really stood out to me in the last the last week. He says, talks about he talks about sowing seed um, liberally or bountifully. Okay. Picture of sharing the gospel with people, okay. In 10, it says. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower. He's talking about giving, to me it's talking about giving to missionaries and giving to other people so that they can also sow. So if you're being a witness to people and you're sowing seed and then you're giving to missionaries that love God and are also serving him, then it's double fold what you're you're giving. And so... uh, so we need to be. We need to. That's where we need to consider those things. Where are we at with our giving? Um, we want to be faithful. We want to do what God calls us to do. There. And so um, I'm not going to go over all the rest of this stuff. They were just kind of other notes. Um, but I did. I did want to. I did want to read. Um, it just. I'll go over A and B just real quick, just because I thought it was interesting. So salary, right? We get paid. It's our salary that word comes from salt, which is, which is interesting. Um, and it actually started in Rome where Roman soldiers were either paid with salt or paid with gold to purchase salt. We heard, we heard about going to war and, you know, um, protecting, making your meat not rot and, and how important it was to, to be able to win wars. And so salary, salt. And then if you look with, in Leviticus, Chapter 2, verse 13, some Old Testament stuff. It does carry over into the New Testament, but uh, only the Gospels. Leviticus 2.13. So this is a little bit of a law talking about sacrifices. And every oblation of thy meat offering shall thou season with salt neither shalt thou suffer the salt of the covenant of thy good God to be lacking from thy meat offering. With all thine offerings thou shalt offer salt. God, it's a picture. God told the Israelites, whenever you sacrifice something to me, sprinkle it with salt. It set the whole picture that we just talked about, about, about living our life as salt. When you sacrifice something to God, it needs to be salted. That's where where if if you don't have charity, it's worthless. If you're giving to God, if you're giving in a way that's that that's not like like living a life of salt and seasoning it, then it's worthless. Okay, it's just you're just giving to give out of duty. And not that God can't use those things com- completely, but uh, you want to you want to give from a cheerful heart. So I just thought that was interesting that he told the Israelites to put salt in with all of their um, all their sacrifices. And there's some other interesting things about salt. Um, it doesn't. The most interesting to me was it doesn't burn when you're talking about putting salt in fire. It actually doesn't it doesn't burn it vaporizes it turns from solid salt to vapor salt and so just it's a picture of us as Christians and it 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 never goes bad salt never goes bad either so we're the salt of the earth we season things we when we won't burn (laughs) thankfully and uh, One more, I guess, what I thought was interesting was the blood is not thoroughly extracted from the meat without using salt. So as a Christian, Christ's blood, I don't think, is thoroughly extracted without us living like salt. So, okay. Tim, you mind closing in prayer again? Not at all. All right. Father,
1: I thank you for uh, for the message you. On Lee's heart, and um, uh, there are a lot of things there that that I didn't know, even just in terms of salt, and just seeing that deeper picture, and being reminded uh, that giving giving isn't all about money. It's it's about giving of ourselves, and I can come in many ways, including money, but it's not the only thing. And um, I know just what was hitting me there at the end, even. Uh, we season with salt. You you also said that let our speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And just another way that that's uh, it's such a vital thing. Um, we know that with the power of the tongue is life and death. But if we're seasoning it with salt, that it'll have the power of life. Because without that salt, there is no life. So Father, may our lives be that that sacrificial giving, giving of ourselves in every way, and that we would have that personal, intimate relationship with you, where we're vulnerable, where we're selfless, where we're personal with you, to uh, to know what you would have us to do. We love you, and you've given everything. Uh, just help us to see what you would have for us. Help us to remember that we're yours, that we were bought with a price that we may joyfully, cheerfully give all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.